This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 64. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we're the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. Now, if you haven't had a chance already, then don't forget to head over to EnvisionSelfHealing.com where you can get your hands on a free ebook that's got 10 top tips on how you can start in maintaining and improving your eyesight in our modern day world. The topic of the week this week is how to prevent eye strain. And in the question of the week, we're answering a question about uh, uh, an optical question of how do we feel about progressive bifocal glasses? So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Uh, it was a it was a good week. My I was still uh, dealing with my mom in the hospital, okay. and, it, and it brought up an interest. And we had a client uh, that we'd shared this week also, and it brought up a question of mine. Well, it's, it's more like an observation of mine that I know we've we've uh, talked about since the beginning of our our partnership together, mm-hmm. which was the role of the mind, and uh, the thing that was uh, most. Uh, difficult in dealing with my mom she just had hip replacement surgery mm-hmm. and all the physical things went very very well mm-hmm. and really most of my energy was dealing with her anxiety about the operation and then about the treatment and all of this the, the role I was really spending all my time dealing with her mind issues hmm. and how um, and they began to play into her health you know that even the anxiety the, the thoughts all of the the emotional uh, turmoil around it, which obviously is partially unavoidable, mm-hmm. but I could really see how it was compromising her health. Okay. Um, and then with uh, with this one client we dealt with this week, mm-hmm. uh, we were I, I was just struck how much we as we were working on her body, mm-hmm. we spent almost the rest uh, equal amount of time talking to her, trying to convince her. Mm-hmm. that she needed to do her exercises, right? Yeah, it was almost like continuous reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. We just... were double teaming her, really. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of looking uh, for the, the, the medical quick fix, I yeah. should say, and, and I guess she's kind of hit the point where medicine can't do anything uh, for her anymore, so she's kind of uh, exhausted that, uh, that mind, shall we say. Yes. Uh, but she's still kind of looking for the, still trying to find the easy way out. Right, and yeah. And, and, and the thing I notice is that when people, sometimes when they exhaust the medical model quick fix, they mm-hmm. then go to the alternative medicine quick fix. Yeah. And then if beyond that, it might be religion or something. You know, it's yeah. like something from the outside, please uh-huh. make me better, which I, is a very human kind of instinct. Yeah. Um, and then they end up with us. Exactly. <laughs> and then we end up with us and we say, you have to do your exercises. <laughs> There is no quick fix. Yeah, yeah. You have to spend time every day working on it, and uh, I suppose very few people want to want to hear that. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just noticing that my and with my mother it was the same thing. It's like okay, we got to mm-hmm. get you got to calm down. You got to you know accept what's happening. You got to make decide what's best for you. Which mm-hmm. in her case again was doing her exercises yeah. actually. So, uh, but it's amazing how much the mind impedes. Yeah, the healing, especially mm-hmm. self-healing. I guess mm-hmm. I'm noticing that. So. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Anyway, that was my insight of the week. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to admit, it's it's a major issue for me too. So in terms of uh, 
getting my mind in the right place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how was your week? Uh, yeah, good. I, I guess um, something uh, somewhat similar. I noticed this week I was been kind of burning the candle at both ends, I guess, working oh, yeah. a full day with clients during the day and a website in the, uh, in the evening. And um, I noticed that for a few days there, I actually kind of dropped down on my juicing a little bit and, and my uh. diet wasn't uh, as good as it has been. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I started feeling, uh, I wouldn't say sick, but you know, you kind of get that feeling that something's coming on and you kind of need to slow down a little bit yeah, and uh, rest, otherwise it's going to turn into something that's going to take a couple of weeks to get over. Right. So uh, I guess the reason why I say this is somewhat similar to what you're saying is I noticed that my hunger levels increased. Oh, yeah. Uh, and how yeah. much it actually directly affected me. I found that I was getting lethargic quicker, but once I ate a meal, then it kind of boosted me a little bit. But then I would, after a couple of hours later, I'd feel a little bit more lethargic yeah, again. Yeah. So it kind of dawned on me that it, it just makes perfect sense that the body, just like with the exercises, needs the needs it on a regular basis. Um, in particular, here I'm talking about the nutrients to then boost the immune system. Yeah. Because uh, it's trying to fight something and trying try and keep me out of uh, of, of being mm-hmm. uh, in bed or something. So it just makes sense then. What it does is then it's triggering you to try and get more nutrients so it can then boost the immune system right. even more. Mm-hmm. And it just highlighted to me the importance to then really increase my juicing and, and really try and get as much nutrients into the body as possible. Especially when under stress, which is unfortunately the time yeah. we have the least time to do the juicing. But yeah, yeah, it is a bit that way. Yeah. yeah, but you could just imagine that the body is crying out for nutrients. Yeah, and then kind of the average person either just grabs some pills or mm-hmm. um, just drinks a bit more coffee because right. they're feeling lethargic. Uh, and you really, you know, the body is, is craving nutrients, and we're kind of not supplying it with what it needs to boost the immune system. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of thought it was interesting there a bit of the. Uh, one really observing and, and experiencing the body's natural way of trying to heal itself. Yeah, uh, and that how it's done over a, a period, periodical space of time. Every mm-hmm. couple of hours, it seemed to be that it wanted mm-hmm. some nutrients. And the same as what we were saying with the exercises here, and kind of incorporating them into your lifestyle, so that your body again gets that exercise on a regular basis, so you can try and boost and strengthen the body mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is how to prevent eye strain. And uh, the way we're going to talk about this is first talk about um, something we talk about in the ebook extensively, which is. we believe that eye strain is the causes of eye strain are really our, our current day lifestyle. And uh, we wanted to go through and uh, pick out aspects of that lifestyle. So let me just start in. So the, so the first one that I would say is a, is a major lifestyle uh, impediment to good vision and a creator of uh, eye strain mm-hmm. is what we call unbalanced use of the eyes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we talk about it in two ways actually. The, the most important way, or the most uh, way that we probably can understand easiest, is the use of the central vision instead of the per- in peripheral vision, or an unbalanced use of the central vision 
over the peripheral vision, sort of a dominance of the central vision over the peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. And what we talk about in the ebook is how in our natural state, we would be using both. We would be using the peripheral vision if we were uh, hunting an animal or being hunted by an animal mm -hmm. or looking for something in our environment, but keeping a very wide gaze when we were looking for something. Because, you know, the, the, uh, in, the old, in the natural environment, what we needed to survive was all around us. So we couldn't just focus ahead in one spot. Uh, and in our modern life, we, our survival is based on looking ahead in one spot, using mm -hmm. our central vision. So uh, that's part of the, the lifestyle uh, causes of uh, eye strain. And the way of preventing this is to begin to use your peripheral vision again. Uh, and that would mean, you know, when you're on the bus, you're looking at, you're using your profession to be aware of the cars moving on the sides of the bus. Things yeah, like that. I guess a big, uh, when we talk on the website about uh, learn, create, integrate as our three-step right. approach to self-healing, I suppose this is kind of the integration part that we're talking yeah. about a little bit more there, whereas yeah. before it was natural. Um, just something that we did as part of our right. everyday life, just like what Richard said there, that when we were out hunting or gathering or whatever we were doing out in the fields, we needed to use both peripheral vision and central vision. So, But now, because our life is so dependent on our central vision, then we need to find out those ways of kind of either undoing the poor visual habits, and we would love just to say, stop using your central vision yeah, yeah. Uh, and depending on it, but unfortunately for so many of us, that's pretty much impossible and start engaging with the periphery. So what we're trying to do here is find out ways that you can now engage your periphery at right. the same time as using the central vision to try and bring that balance back between the two. So a great example is just like what you said there, kind of sitting on the bus, right. looking forwards, um, but you're still engaging the periphery at the same time. Or even if you, you know, you're on your lunch break and you're eating lunch, instead of looking at your email on your phone, mm -hmm. you know, sitting on a bench, you're noticing, you just sit there and start tuning into the periphery. Like people are playing baseball over to your right or somebody's, mm -hmm. you know, riding a bike to the left. Just become aware of that. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of restoring the natural function of your eye to be looking all around. Yeah, it's, it's funny actually when we think about taking a break, actually taking a complete break. Yeah. Um, and also those five, ten minute breaks. Uh, where I suppose maybe before when people would go out for cigarette breaks, <laughs> yeah. then that was getting them away from the computer and, and may, maybe now we can't do that as much. Yeah. So maybe what we're trying to do is encourage people to start smoking again. <laughs> so no, not really. um, but trying to actually get that break and just, just get out there and, and start using the periphery and the central yeah. vision as, as much as, but even just going for a walk or something, you're creating that movement to the side in the periphery and it's bringing that balance back and preventing the strain from occurring. Because obviously last week we talked about um, the exercises that you could do um, to uh, overcome eye strain. And right. now we kind of want to talk about how you can actually prevent eye strain from occurring in the first place. Right. So the second kind of unbalance is the unbalanced use of, of one eye over the year. You overusing your dominant eye versus your, your non-dominant eye. Uh, and this is kind of harder to do naturally. I think when we were in the wild, uh, when we weren't un under such visual stress and we needed to have 3D vision, which you need to use both eyes to have 3D vision. Mm -hmm. It just came naturally. Mm -hmm. So um, this one, there's a, we have exercises for doing this. Uh, I think uh, in general, just using your periphery 
will engage both eyes because yeah. you can't if you're engaged in the periphery your second eye your non-dominant eye will become engaged mm -hmm. and the other thing is just using your depth perception maybe walking around and uh, appreciating depth because uh, when we're looking at a computer screen or our phone, there's no depth there, so we don't need to, yeah, to look at true. depth. So um, yeah, looking at the flowers, or yeah. you know, again going out and actually getting a walk yeah. uh, during the day, getting out of the office, um, or indeed even if you are out, just paying a little bit more attention to what Richard's saying there, focusing on whether there is depth to the objects that you're looking at, mm -hmm. um, regardless of what it is to try and engage that, that aspect of getting both eyes working again. Right. I suppose I, myself, I've noticed one thing is, um, in particular, is to try and close the dominant eye from time to time right. and just open it again. It's just kind of enough to remind the brain to start using uh, both eyes there, whether you're uh, at the computer or just reading, or even if you're out chatting with friends, uh, every now and then just closing one eye and then opening it again is ensuring that you're kind of using both eyes equally. And then you will see more depth. That's a kind of a cue that you're actually engaging that mm -hmm. eyes. You, you, you'll see a little more depth to your perception. So You could think that one reason why um, maybe out in the wild we, we didn't overuse it as much is because I suppose we, we mainly engaged it more um, when it was involved in the fight or flight response, when it was some sort of mm -hmm. um, anxious response, just the same as when you, you hunt, you got to use that dominant eye or now we use it if we get to take a camera, take right. a picture with a, a camera. Right, yeah. Whereas now we're kind of, with that, that basal level of stress sitting at the computer, we've always got that, that dominant eye switch on trying to track right. quicker and trying to work faster and process things better. Whereas before that would only maybe be a fleeting moment. Um, yeah. So it's kind of really overbalancing the two and kind of throwing those scales off a little bit. So right. the more we can do to try and bring that balance back uh, the better really on that one. Well, and actually when your eyes are more tired is the perfect time to do what you're saying and close the dominant mm -hmm. eye a little bit and just use the non-dominant eye uh, to take a little stress off the, mm. the dominant eye. So, Okay, so the next um, aspect of, of sort of good visual, a good visual lifestyle, let's call it, would be the ability to adapt to light. So again, going back to the ebook. Uh, we used to be outdoors most of the time, obviously, mm -hmm. and maybe some form of shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, but we certainly wouldn't spend uh, even a majority of our time indoors in the, yeah. in the natural environment. Yeah, and I suppose even if you were hiding from the, the direct sun, maybe midday heat, uh, all that time ago, you would still be in the shade right? and not necessarily completely hidden away. Right. Indoors. And certainly not using artificial lighting. So, mm -hmm. um, so again, so our eyes were meant to adapt to, to going into dark spaces and going out into light spaces. And that's mm -hmm. sort of like the thing uh, people have the most trouble with now is moving from a dark space to a light space mm -hmm. because our modern lifestyle keeps us indoors so much. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to like create a, a healthy visual lifestyle, spend more time outdoors. So mm -hmm. that if you you actually have a break at your office instead of staying in your office. Yeah, get, and, get and outside. And also maybe at the weekends, yeah. um, doing a little bit more outdoor activity. I mean, this is everything that's going along the guidelines from doctors and all health experts. That yeah. We need to be a little bit more active. We need to get outside. Things like vitamin D deficiency, which is growing at the moment, um, and you know, not to mention obesity levels. 
actually getting out there, being in the outdoors, um, you're getting some of that, that natural rays. And if it's not you know, overexposure and it's not a uh, heated time of day, then you don't necessarily need to wear your sunglasses. Um, yeah. So you're still adapting to that sunlight naturally um, and sort of getting that activity at the same time with the eyes. Uh, and also you're engaging the periphery and the, the two uh, eyes at the same time. Right. Not um, to mention you breathe, you're getting more oxygenation <laughs> and more blood flow and it's all good. So, so it, yeah. it sounds really simple, but it's, it's amazing how few of us actually get out there and do it. I don't remember if your mom point. used to yell at you, get outside, stop watching the TV. <laughs> and she was actually right. So, <laughs> And now it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. You need to go outside. <laughs> All my favorite TV programs. Are. <laughs> That's funny how that switched. Yeah. So, um, and again, around this last week when we talked about the eye exercise to overcome this is the sunning exercise. So, but ideally to prevent that in the first place is to actually be outside in that natural environment in the, in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, and ideally getting uh, natural sunlight when you're in the workplace um, and taking regular breaks and, and getting natural light instead of hiding away from it. Exactly. So uh, the next factor is this uh, staring thing that we, we've, in, it's become a natural part of our modern life. Mm -hmm. And staring consists of not blinking and sort of fixing your gaze on one one spot, and that's leading to dry red eyes, which we've gone mm -hmm. through in the in the previous podcasts. Um, so, again, in a natural environment, you would be uh, moving your eyes around your environment. You would be blinking, mm -hmm. and blinking is a way of adapting to light as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you would be blinking frequently and bathing your eyes in in the tear film in the in the fluids and the oils and the water that you need on your eye. Uh, and that would be a natural, healthy eye, just out moving it around, blinking, <laughs> uh, and not staring at stuff, so. Yeah, and I, I guess, again, using the environment a little bit, a lot of people notice when, when they come and work with us in San Francisco that when we take them over to the beach, it's quite windy and it kind of makes your eyes water a little bit yeah. and it certainly makes you blink more. And how just kind of being out in, in that environment, whereas we kind of hide indoors a little bit more nowadays, so we, we kind of lose that. But also where the blinking or the lack of blinking actually comes from in the first place, which is being uh, intensely involved in, right. in what's in front of you. Concentrate. Um, yeah. And actually kind of having that, that triggering the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response, that is actually preventing us from blinking, because obviously before it was a, a lifesaver of if, uh, if a tiger was just about to uh, eat you for lunch and then you blinked, then uh, then you'll be gone in the blink of an eye. Right. Excuse <laughs> the pun. Yeah. And um, so, you know, obviously keeping the eyes open and, and alert, uh, then it enables us to do that. But once the tiger's gone away, uh, you're either lunch or you're still alive. Yeah. Uh, in which case it's gone and then, and then you kind of calm back down again and you go back to that relaxed state. Where what was happening now is maybe 15, 16 hours a day or even in our sleep, those of us that, that have an anxious night's sleep. Yeah. Um, we're still triggering that fight or flight response, so it's preventing us from blinking in a soft, natural way. So uh, a main way to attack this is, is kind of trying to make sure that you're also relaxed while you're, you're right. doing your... And, and not relaxed in the sense of uh, sitting there and meditating while you're doing work yeah. and hoping that meditation will, will, will do all the work for you. <laughs> that would <laughs> be nice. We, we love that would be the case. But just being a little bit consciously aware of of are you relaxed? Are you blinking? Are you breathing shallow? Or, or and your coworkers might like you better for this. Actually, if you're the one <laughs> yeah. of those intense, you know, type A people, yeah. if you start 
Blinking is one of those things <laughs> of breaking that whole pattern. You and know? it'll probably prevent a pseudomyopia at the same time. Exactly, yeah. And, and all the rest, yeah. uh, the conditions that go along with it. So actually preventing it that way, kind of getting a jump start on it. Uh, and nobody really knows, unfortunately, never really knows this information. So yeah. it's difficult for people to prevent this. But you'll be surprised once you start to get to understand this material, how you can actually kind of just tune in a little bit. It doesn't take too much. Yeah, an effort once you've kind of got that. So, I mean, be the kind of worker where you're at work and maybe every once in a while you just look around the office, uh -huh. you know, and move your eyes around and, mm -hmm. and remind yourself to blink. Yeah. It's, it's not that hard. So, okay, so there's the staring part, mm -hmm. healthy visual lifestyle. Uh, the last one is the near work thing, which is really probably the predominant mm -hmm. problem we're dealing with. And... Um, in our modern life, we're looking close all the time mm -hmm. at a computer, at a phone, at a book, Kindle now. Mm -hmm. um, and that wasn't our naps. That's not what the eyes were designed to do. Mm -hmm. They were designed to look at various distances all the time and be moving close, far, mm -hmm. and back and forth. Yeah, and we, we talked about it before, uh, podcast 61, where we talked about the causes of eye strain and how you got the muscles there in the eyes that are really overworking because they have to contract in order for you to focus from near. Yeah. So if you're doing that again, 12, 14 hours a day, uh, then it's just overworking the muscles, it's creating strain. So just common sense really is what we need to do is, is to relax a little bit more and, and start looking out into the distance. Right. Um, as part of the, the habit again, like Richard was saying there, if you think about back in the day, then we would have kind of been looking out of the plains or out of the fields or whatnot, and then looking close every now and then, but it wouldn't be 14 hours a day. Right, right. Uh, and it certainly uh, highlights it a little bit more because um, when we used to relax uh, in the past, maybe it would be again outdoors or maybe you would just be sleeping. But now for leisure activities, we read, go on the internet, right, right. watch television, still using those muscles in the eye and they're just right. not getting a break. Right. So uh, again, instead of just giving all of it up, I mean, certainly reducing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that, that work with us with eye strain is they tend to start reading a little bit less. Yeah. Uh, in particular in the evenings because they feel their eyes are tired and they don't want to push it. Um, so instead they do a more relaxing activity and not, not force their eyes to work even more there on that one. Right. So this is, this, so this is the philosophy is ideally if you could return back to a natural lifestyle, mm -hmm. you would you would be fine, your eyes would be fine, your mm -hmm. eyes, would, eyes would be healthy, mm -hmm. uh, but that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can do that partially with your life, like we say, go outside more, go outside on breaks, mm -hmm. uh, don't wear your sunglasses, things like that. You can partially return to a more natural lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But the financial reality is, is we are in, in the world we live in, mm -hmm. and we're often forced to do things that aren't natural for our eyes, and that's where eye exercises come in. So we, we then supplement uh, maybe a, a slight shift in lifestyle towards a more natural visual habits mm -hmm. with eye exercises. Yeah, so we, we talked before, um, before we discussed about the, the causes of eye strain in podcast 61, then in number 62, we talked about um, the, the symptoms of it so you can identify it, so you can start working with what those symptoms are. And then last week in 63, we talked about how you can overcome that by doing the eye exercises. And now in, in the next one, and what we're talking about now is actually preventing it. So yeah. having that, that, that positive visual habit instead of the, the poor one that is previously discussed is to ideally you've got that best visual habit 
but then also you can incorporate the eye exercises as well to kind of take you that one step further uh, yeah. and compensate for the modern day lifestyle that we have uh, until the eye uh, evolves in a different way. And this, <laughs> and this is reflects the way we work with clients is we're always, you know, we, we find out what their condition is, what their mm -hmm. eyesight is, but in the back of my, our minds, we're always going, okay, what's their lifestyle? What's their work? Yeah. And we have to address that mm -hmm. because otherwise you're just piling strain more on top of strain. Mm -hmm. So we have to deal with both. So if you do as much as you can to create a healthy visual lifestyle mm -hmm. and then bring in the eye exercises to, to deal with what you can't, what's the strain you can't take away. Yeah. And, it, and instead of thinking it as, oh, this is another health thing that I have to be worried about. This is something else I then have to work towards. You can really just combine all these things mm -hmm. that the, the doctors and, 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 and any sort of healthy lifestyle gurus or whatever they're saying is, is just to start getting out a little bit more, um, using uh, your body a little bit more actively, and then also reducing our stress levels right. as well. So that it's, not, it's not like, oh, I've got to do this and then this and then this and then this. Yeah. You can just kind of incorporate all of them in together. And then what we're saying with the exercises is to give you a little bit more of a boost is uh, whilst you are maybe doing the excessive near work or you just that day you didn't have a chance to get out, then you can do the eye exercises as well in a, in a way to combat and prevent that eye strain from occurring in the first place. Right, and, just, and we went through the eye exercises last week, but just mm -hmm. to sort of summarize them, mm -hmm. and you can listen to last week's podcast 63 to get <laughs> more detail, but for balanced use of the eyes, we're talking about uh, peripheral vision exercises that are on mm -hmm. the website. We talked about them last week as well. We're talk about obstructing your dominant eye as an eye exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about sunning as uh, a way of adapting to light, an eye exercise called sunning. You can look at last week's podcast or at the website. And then staring, we have blinking exercises mm -hmm. on the website you can look at. And then, as you said, with the near, too much near work, an exercise you can use is looking into the distance. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're not going to go deeply into the exercises right now, but that's how you would then find exercises to deal with your strain uh, and use that in, co in combination with a, with a heavy, hap healthy visual lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the perfect uh, combination. It is. Nice uh, marriage between the two. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to question of the week. Question of the week this week comes from uh, our coaching call, and it was a good enough question that we decided to include it on the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten it from many clients as well, which is how do we feel about progressive uh, bifocal glasses, the mm -hmm. ones where they're bifocals but they progress. And actually, we don't care that they progress, I guess, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they call it progression, but it's really a step backwards. I think it's regressive. <laughs> it's regressive, yeah. Regressive glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reason we say this is, be, is uh, we would prefer you to have a single distance prescription mm -hmm. and a single close-up prescription if you even need it. Yeah. yeah, I guess you could separate the two out. One is bifocals and then one is progressive. And ideally, we would rather you not even have bifocals. Exactly. Uh, let alone uh, regressive uh, bifocals. Yeah. So, and if you think before, we were talking about trying to bring balance between the two eyes and how that creates eye strain. Well, you can imagine with bifocal glasses, they're kind of exacerbating that one step more. 
and it's it's and then you're creating this you know this head tilt thing that you you know you're incorporating a neck tilt into your vision as well, mm -hmm. which isn't natural as well. <laughs> so um, I guess that's what they're trying to solve with the progressives. Um, but in general, we would have you wear two different pairs of glasses, and then you can also change prescription as your eyes get better, which we hope mm -hmm. they are. Then you can change the prescription of one, whereas the other one might not be changing. Yeah, and it, it can get expensive as well yeah. when, you're, when you're trying to change your progress, uh, progressive, progressive or regressive yeah. uh, lens uh, prescription every time because uh, yeah. you might find that one might improve over the other or your, your, your astigmatism might stay the same, right. um, but your kind of distance looking gets a little bit better. So if you just have those different pairs of glasses, uh, especially the ones from near because you can pretty much just pick them up. Yeah, I mean, the, you, the, you yeah, couldn't get have astigmatism incorporated into the to prescription ones, mm -hmm. and that's useful sometimes. Yeah, and, and lucky for us, improvement is uh, progressive, uh, yeah. so it's not like you'll be changing them. I mean, it'd be great <laughs> if you were changing them every month, uh, but the eye exercises do take time yeah. to get working in. So uh, it just means that you've got those two separate glasses, and also it helps us break the habit a little bit more right. of wearing glasses. Right, because a lot of people can take off their distance prescription and with a few eye exercises can then get rid of the closed prescription. Mm -hmm. If they're myopic, you just take the glasses off and do a few exercises for uh, presbyopia and maybe you get rid of the bottom half of your bifocals. Anyway, yeah. so. and, you're, and you'll be surprised how many of you that wearing glasses is habitual. And I think on the website when we talk about it, we actually talk about it as breaking the habit of glasses. I know yeah. when I used to wear glasses, I used to, you know, wear them when I went to bed. I would take them off, put them on the on the bedside table, and then when I woke up, the first thing I would do is to stick my glasses straight on again. It was just, uh, it was just habit. So, but when you're kind of wearing specific glasses for specific activities, you you also tend to yeah, you don't forget a little bit more, or, or maybe yeah. they're indoors, so you think, well, I'll just go to the store and uh, I just yeah, you know, won't bother wearing them yeah. Um, so it does it does help a little bit more in, in that aspect as well. Yeah, and we would actually like you to buy cheap glasses so that when your eyes get better, you it's not a big deal for you to get uh, mm -hmm. get a new pair of glasses. Um, and then the progressives are quite expensive for that reason too. So, yeah. So, so uh, in some then in summary, then you could just think of it as with the bifocals, one eye is is doing one job and the other eye is doing the other job. So we want to balance that back out again. So we want both eyes being worked together. And just like what Richard was saying about 3D vision is that you need both eyes working in the same spot. So we need that to be as equal mm. as possible. Um, so for that then we recommend that you just get two different pairs of glasses uh, and then work on those independently. And then with the progressive ones, we just kind of prefer not having those because then you really are yeah. having to um, well, we want, and we want your vision to be unified and, you know, mm -hmm. when you're looking far, you're looking far, you know, not have this line. I know they're, they're getting rid of the line with the progressives, mm -hmm. but there's still a, a kind of a disconnect between your top of your vision and the bottom yeah. of your vision. So. And it, it is a strain for the eye and also the brain because yeah. the brain isn't used to, I no. think when they tried doing that, um, they were doing operations of removing perfectly healthy oh, yeah. lenses, not even cataract lenses, but healthy lenses and putting in progressive lenses inside the, the lens there yeah. uh, and they kind of had to stop doing it because it was creating too many headaches and yeah. the brain just couldn't cope with it. Ironically they then gave them eye exercises to do <laughs> um, to then overcome that eye strain there. 
but it's it's not natural for the eye to have that progression. And that's that's our theme for the day. Do what's natural. <laughs> yeah, if it yeah. seems like too brilliant of an idea and it's too unnatural, <laughs> don't do it. So anyway, that's that's our theme for today. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you wanted a lot more information uh, about what we talked about here, about getting a little bit back to uh, natural eye use, then you could download our free ebook. It's called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight, where we're really trying to help educate uh, the general public a little bit more about natural eye use and indeed how you can then prevent the eye strain. So you can just head over to the website at envisionselfhealing.com and you will find uh, a copy of that there for you. Uh, if you want also more information about eye exercises themselves, then again at the website you will find a whole comprehensive list of eye exercises to do. And if you have a particular condition that you're looking to improve, then uh, you can also find a list of conditions there for you. We've done a bit of a work there for you. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, then don't forget to subscribe or listening to iTunes, you can subscribe there as well. Check us out also on our Facebook fan page, just type in Envision Self Healing. Like us over there and also share some of this great information that we're uh, trying to get across to as many people as possible and prevent eye strain, which uh, really is uh, a condition in itself that yeah. seems to be up and coming. So. Uh, it doesn't take too much to try and uh, overcome, so we kind of want to nip it in the butt whilst we, whilst we still can. So feel free to share this information about that. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises, everybody, this week, and a happy healing. And have a good week.